joining today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know I appreciate each and every one of you. Please like and share, 
like and share, like and share. So today's topic is conscious sexuality. And I just want to start out by giving a little background about why I chose this topic. I had, I had the wonderful opportunity to join a Divine Sex Life webinar this past weekend with some amazing dope sex goddesses. Um, please, if you can, follow them on Instagram. The webinar was created by at ATL Tantra. Um, she's a sex coach. She deals in tantric work. And the other panelists were at Sex with Ty. That's S-E-X-W-I-T-H-T-Y. And the third panelist was Tantra Blue at T-A-N-T-R-A-B-L-U-E. It was a wonderful webinar that, you know, these are, they're sex coaches. So, you know, they look at sex from a different perspective. Not just the physical, but more the mental, the spiritual. So that's how they look at it. And one of the things that they talked about was conscious sexuality. So that's why I decided to have that this topic today because I think it's a very interesting topic and I think it's an aspect of relationships that people don't think of or you know people lose sight of I, I'll, I'll say because plenty of times I, when I talk about relationships especially the ones that people have been together forever and they say they fell out of love it's because they didn't work on certain things you know, they didn't work on building that connection. And that's what, that's what conscious sexuality is. It's, it's a sexual experience that is, it's, it's a whole and it awakens titillating physical sensations, bursting with passion, made with deeper through emotionally formed expressions of attentiveness, caring and connecting with the heart. Cresting in an experience of unity, serenity, and conscious bodily presence. In a nutshell, I would say conscious sexuality is euphoria. Just, just think of just this overwhelming love that you have for yourself, and this overloving, this this overwhelming love that you and your partner share together. That's what we're talking about today. You know, it, what it does, it enables people to use their sexuality at physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. You know, I think, like, right now, like, we all, we all, you know, we use our sexuality at the physical level. That's, that's the easiest one because, you know, we are physical beings. We, we seek that pleasure. So the physical, we have the physical down pat. Nothing wrong with that. We got that down pat. But then, you know, there's the emotional. And the emotional, yes, I believe the emotional is easier to grasp because, you know, you fall in love with your significant other and, you know, you have that feeling in your heart, that overwhelming warmness that you, that you know and believe is love because you feel things about this person that you may not have felt for someone else or it's just that strong. So the physical and emotional, we have it. I have a feeling that, you know, the average person has it on lock. It's the spiritual level that it, it, it transcends everything. So if you have two of them and you are just head over heels in love with your significant other, imagine if you had all three. Imagine if you had, had control of all three. Can you imagine how good that would feel within you? Can you imagine how amazing the sex would be? To combine the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual? Well, here it is. 
I'm here to give you a little heads up and just a few beginning tips on how you can begin to work on your conscious sexuality. So what it is, it's a method and it's crafted from a, a different set of exercises, proficiencies, and practical insights whose purpose is to enable whoever is right for it to delve deeper into intimacy and experience growing levels of sensuality, pleasure, and love. Doesn't that just sound good? I'm going to say it again because I just love saying it. This is for individuals whose purpose is to enable whoever is ripe for it to delve deeper into intimacy and experience growing levels of sensuality, pleasure, and love. Conscious sensuality, it's, it's inspired by various method, methods of, ther of therapy, including sexology, psychology, tantra, coaching, and meditation. So, you know, that's just, that's just a little overview of, of, of what it is. And it's, it's, it's a journey of love composed of, as I said before, the three experiential layers. Physical, emotional, and sex, physical, physical sexual experience, emotional sexual experience, and the spiritual sexual experience. Now, the physical sexual experience that it's composed of, you know, awareness of your body, becoming acquainted with the sex organs and the, the hormones, the hormonal physiological function, relating through awareness and enjoyable sensations, you know, which may be strongly and openly embraced. Awareness of the relationship between body and the psychology and releasing of the body of shame and guilt. And a way that you can achieve this, even more than we may currently have it, is by doing what's called body mapping. Now, body mapping, it's you learning how to touch yourself. You learning your likes and dislikes. Because I think it's unfair for us to expect our lovers to automatically know what we like. Yeah, if we don't know what we like, how can we tell someone else? Or well, what if you have a hard time? Well, something that the other person requests. Then that's something you have to discuss and something you have to work with. I have a, I have a, I have a friend here who's asking me, you know, well, what if it's something that your partner doesn't, the, what if it's something that your partner wants you to do that you don't like? Well, that's why communication is so or a key. Hard time, a hard time with it. Well. She said, or, or if you're having a hard time with something that your lover is requesting. Well, first you have to decide whether or not it's something you actually want to do. Because, you know, I don't believe that you should be pushed to do anything you absolutely do not want to do. There are hard limits and there are soft limits. If it's something we're like, ah, maybe I'll think about doing that, then you talk about it. You work up, you, you, you discuss, you know, okay, exactly what do you expect me to do? So and once they sure. and once they explain what they expect you to do, you know, you let them know what aspects of that you're willing to do and what aspects you're just not going to do. Or if you're just like, no, I just can't do that. Because I don't want, you know, when you're with someone, you should never feel uncomfortable or feel obligated to do something. So it's, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's the communication. The for example, you have someone in, 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 in what you talk dirty to them or talk nasty to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not that you don't want to do it. So she's talking about you know having a friend who you know likes right. likes someone speaking dirty to them. And I think it's cool because the person is telling you what they like. But you may have a hard time. You may have a hard time dealing with it. Well, you start off slow. You let them know I'm new to this. It's gonna take me some time to warm up. I'm gonna give it a try. I'm not gonna say that. I may like it and go further with it, but I'm going to at least give it a try. So you have to appreciate and respect that that person is giving giving a try something that you want. And if they say they don't like it, you know, I tried, it's just not for me, they have to accept that. If they truly care about you, they'll accept that. Because sometimes that's where the cards fall. You know, we're not going to, sometimes, you know, you may not be on the same page. Like as I was saying, body mapping—it's learning how to touch yourself and learning, 
you know, which touches feel good to you so that you can ex- explain that to someone else on how to touch you and how to get closer to you. So that's body mapping. And I've said it all the time. Everyone, men and women, should know what they like so that they can tell their significant other what they like. There should be no, oh, he just doesn't touch me right. Well, did you tell him how you wanted to be touched? If he didn't tell him how you wanted to be touched, then you, you can't complain that he didn't touch you properly. That's how we have to look at things. So next, the emotional sexual experience. It allows us to become closer to each other through emotional expression, such as caring, listening, tenderness, and affection. So when emotional bonding saturates our sexual expanse, we tend to experience deep and gentle sexual pleasure. It enables the merger of the heart and the bodies. Now, to me, this is like, it's like that, it's like that step up. Because, you know, you meet someone and, you know, the physical is there. So, you know, you, you get intimate with them and it's good. Your body feels good. You know, it's, it's that physical. Your body feels good. You're tingling. You know, you're kind of sore. But then when the emotional experience comes in, yes, your body feels good. But then something inside feels good. Like you feel an overwhelming warmth that accompanies the good feeling of your body. It's, it's something else. You kind of, you may feel a little more tingly all over. It's, it's, it's different. It's when the physical experience feels heightened. You feel like, you feel like, oh, we've kind of stepped up a level. So to me, that's what the emotional experience is. It's, it's taking it one step further. You know, it's when those emotions come in and you, you start to think more about the person after the experience and not necessarily just what the person did to you. That's how I equate the emotional experience. You think about them more, not just go over and over in your mind about what they did to you and how good it was. You think more about them and you want to spend more time with them. Not say just for intercourse or for play, sexual play, but you want to be with, you want to be in their presence more so than just wanting to be physical with them. That's how I equate that. So, you know, there are, you know, a lot of challenges that come as we embark on the emotional journey. So, you know, these includes these include manifestations as the heart closing or becoming impervious. You know, a lot of people once they've been in a relationship and they've been hurt, you know, they close themselves off. They close themselves off and they don't allow themselves to get emotional. Or, you know, once the physical starts to feel emotional, they dip because it it becomes too much for them because they're afraid of the past hurt that they had, you know. Or sometimes, you know, some people, they become, they forever become a victim or they forever become an aggressor. And, you know, our exaggerated fixation on an insistence that the other must fulfill all of our emotional needs. These are things that can hurt you from embarking on that emotional journey. Because at best, you need to know how to fill your emotional need before you know, looking for someone else to fill it. Another thing from the webinar that really struck me, there was a question about romance. And the opinion, the overall opinion was, you know, romance is a farce. Just like I, I made a post one time for those of you who follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I said, the fairy tale is a farce. You know, because the discussion was around how 
people believe that romance is sending flowers and getting chocolates. And the goddesses, the sex coaches, they were like, I buy my own flowers and I can buy my own chocolates. So for me, that is not a step up for a man to buy me roses or chocolates. Because I know there are very, there are a lot of women out there who feel, you know, a man can do any and ev can do everything for them. But if they don't get those roses or chocolates, they don't think the man loves them. And that's because society has led us to believe, especially for Valentine's Day, society has led us to believe that your significant other does not love you or truly care about you unless he buys you a dozen roses and chocolates and balloons and teddy bears. But honestly, why can't you buy that for yourself? Because if you can buy it for yourself and appreciate the gift that you're giving to yourself, then it doesn't mean as much to receive that from someone else. I think it's a fixation that we need to deprogram from ourselves. Me personally, Valentine's Day, it's just another day. And I think my world of Valentine's Day got blown up when I got cheated on on Valentine's Day. So it like, honestly, after that, it just became another day. You know, last year for Valentine's Day, um, I was here on the show and I just played a whole bunch of love songs. You know, for those who love and appreciate Valentine's Day and want to do something special, have at it. I'm not going to knock you for it. I just don't want people to have this fixation or this need that, you know, Valentine's Day is the end-all, be-all. Because honestly, if someone is going to, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, pamper me with those type of things, I wouldn't just want it one day a week. I would want it multiple times. Because I know I buy myself chocolates more than just one day a year. I buy myself flowers more than just one day a year. So I wouldn't expect someone just to show me that affection on that one day. And some people just aren't hardwired that way. Some people will show you how they care about you in a multitude of ways. But lots of times we're blind. We're blind to the signs of love that our loved ones show us because we're so caught up in our idea of love. And lots of times we have these ideas of what our significant other is supposed to do for us and we don't tell them. And then we get mad when they don't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, logically, it's crazy. I cannot be mad at someone for not doing something that I didn't tell them I wanted them to do. That's why communication is so important in relationships. You have to tell someone what you expect of them. Or you cannot be mad at them if they don't do something that you think they should have done. We just really need to think about those type of things. Because I think lots of times we don't and we really get, we really get caught up. We really get caught up in just the fantasy or what we see on TV or, like I said, what we've been programmed to think of as love. So with that, I'm going to take a little musical break before I continue my discussion on sexual, conscious sexuality.
that I got time on my side Where you going? Why you leaving so soon? Is there somewhere else that's better for you? sexuality. When I left off, I was talking about the three levels of conscious sexuality, the physical, the emotional, and then the spiritual. I left off with the emotional. So now I'm going to move on to the third layer, the spiritual one, which, you know, through the intimate con encounter, it puts us in touch with tranquility and serenity in which one may rest and receive that infinite inner nourishment. At the spiritual plateau, the motivation for a sexual encounter is not sensual or emotional satisfaction, but the discovery, the discovery of the unified and whole inner self. So as I was saying before the break, you know, the physical, that's, that's, that's where we start off with. That's where, you know, afterwards you think about when, when you think about your loved one, you think about all the things that you did together, all the things, what, what that person did and, and how it made your body feel. And then the emotional is afterwards you don't necessarily focus on what they did to your body, but you focus on the way that they made you feel in their presence and you, you want nothing more than just to be around them. You want to be around them more. And whether you do something or not, that's not important. You just want to be around them. So now the spiritual, that's a whole different level. That, that, that spiritual level, it's when you both have something and you grow together. You grow together. You feel, you feel it inward. It comes from within. And it's, it's, an, it's a magnetism. It's a magnetism that you have for each other. That you, you can sometimes, you know, complete each other's sentences. When you see people who you know are truly in love, you know, people who you view as soulmates. And you see that they're just happy. And yes, there are unicorn relationships. 
I know, I know people don't believe that people can have relationships where there's nothing but happy. But yes, there are some of those relationships between people that they are truly suited. They are truly made for each other. And they don't have arguments. They do get along at all times. And I know, like, that's what we all seek. We seek that. But many times, we're not prepared for that. Because we haven't done our work on ourselves. We haven't healed ourselves from past hurts and past traumas to be able to, op to, be able to open up to someone to allow them, to allow them to enter into your, in, into your soul. So we all can achieve this, but we have to do the work to see that person, feel that person. And I think the part of it is that person, that person may not look like what you envision them to look like. Because that's just the physical. And lots of times, you know, we want, you know, that tall dark skin or that tall light skin or, you know, they got to be, you know, they have to be, you know, they have to be toned. They have to be muscled up. And that's what we go for because in our mind's eye, not even our mind's eye, that's just in our eyes. That's what we think we want. That's what we think we need. We think that's what we're attracted to. <laughs> my friend said someone likes Shamar more like that's what you think you want but then you get that and then once you get to know them they may you know their personality may not be good they just may not meld with you but then you may have this person who has been your best friend forever and that may be the person who's supposed to be your soulmate but you've never looked at them that way because they don't look like what you envisioned your someone to look like. So the older we get, I think the more we realize that we need to follow our heart more. Follow your heart. Follow, 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 think about the way someone makes you feel in their presence. If they make you feel special, think about it. You have to look at the signs. Signs are all around us. And too many times we avoid or we ignore those signs that are right in front of our face because we're not ready to accept it. And then, oh, I'll never have anyone or, you know, I'll never find anyone. But because you're looking the wrong way, for that person. I believe that at some point in our lives, our soulmate or our twin flame, we have crossed paths. And you may not have recognized them because you just weren't ready to recognize them. We have to be ready. We have to do our own work. What happens if you meet somebody that, that, are, that is married or you meet somebody that you have a connection with and they already... Okay, so my friend is asking, what happens if you meet someone who's married or they're already in a relationship? And the connection is crazy. And the connection is crazy. So, <sighs> to that, I want to start by saying, <laughs> I don't believe in monogamy. <laughs> but with that said, not everyone marries for love. Some people marry for security. convenience. Some people marry for security. Some people, you know, marry because society because society told them they should have been married by now. But, what, but you're married, and what happens if you if there's a person you meet and you love them? The other person. Okay, so our next question is: What if what if you you know you meet someone who's married and the person who's married you know loves you? I mean. It can happen, and it's up to you and that person to decide what you guys really have, and then the person who's married, they have to 
if they truly love you and they believe that you're the one that they're supposed to be with, then it kind of is what it is. They have to have that conversation with their wife. But they but they need to truly understand, you know, you know, do you really love your wife? Or is it, you know, yeah. your wife has always been there for you, so you have you feel kind of obligated to them. Right. Because, lot, be, because lots of times, you know, lots of times people may stay with someone because they feel obligated because, you know, they were with me at my lowest. So, you know, I owe them this. Is it possible, though, to love someone like that? Is it possible for, for that to happen? And, and, and She's asking me if it's possible for something like that to happen. And one thing I always say is matters of the heart are unexplainable. We don't know why we do what we do. And we can't... I don't... This, this is why I, I, I don't believe monogamy is natural. Because... <clears throat> excuse me. If monogamy was natural, we wouldn't be attracted to multiple people. But you can look at the menu, you don't have to order. She said you can look at the menu, but you don't have to order. But why not? Why not taste everything on the menu if you can afford it? To each his own. You understand? Okay, I'm not she gonna said say. To each his own. Look, but more and more getting my house. If uh, I was his name, I just Elba. Look, you want me to She said if Shamar Moore, it just Elba came to her house, she would sample it. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but see, in general, but that's just the physical, right? You don't want to get to know you. They just look good and see. That's what I'm saying. That's the physical sense. Oh yeah, but. What I'm talking about is the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. But if you have that with someone that is miserable in their relationship, if, you, if you've never dated someone or... Yeah. or okay, so she's saying, you know, what if you have someone, you're with someone and they're miserable in their relationship? Are they... Okay, the first thing, because I believe in trying, because if you, if you stood before God right. and confessed your vows... You know, and you say you're miserable in your relationship. The first thing, th the first thing that I would want to ask is, did you talk to your spouse about how you feel? Right. Did you try to work on it? Because it's one thing about saying, oh, I'm just miserable, but you never told your spouse you're miserable. You never explained to your spouse what was wrong and what the issues that you had. Then, then you're the reason Hello. for your miserableness. So that's why I said communication is key. I don't. I believe that all marriages can be held together with with having conscious conversations. And honestly, if you have these conscious conversations with your significant other, with your husband, with your wife, and you realize that you're just not on the same page and, you know, you love each other, but you're no longer in love with each other, that's okay too. But you're not going to know that unless you talk to them. Unless you try to say, okay, well, we used to do this. Can we try and do this again? Or, you know, I, I want to try this. But communication, 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 communication. I can't say it enough. You have to, especially if it's someone who you say you love, someone who you, you're married to or you've been with for, you know, an extended period of time. You should be able to say any and anything, any and everything to them. All the cards should be on the table and no one should take offense to whatever is being said. And this takes, this takes work on the individual. You yourself have to be prepared to hear someone tell you what your faults are. And not to accept someone telling you what your faults are, but to also know what your faults are and know that they may be hitting on something that you already knew was a fault and not argue with them about it because you know that's something that you may not be good at. These are the type of conversations we have to have. Be completely open and honest with each other. So when the bring it back to our conscious <laughs> sexuality conversation. Went off on a little, a little tangent there. So 
you know, when you when you encompass the, the, the three levels, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, you know, there are things that you can work on to to accomplish these. You know? You you accomplish these by, you know, expanding your sexual energy, improving your sexual energy. Because we all have it, you know. We may have dubbed it as swag, but, you know, we all have this sexual energy. We all can see someone and be like, wow, that person is just sexy. And without knowing them, we, we, we have all of this. And we need to learn to be able to, to harness it and, you know, use it for good and not for bad. <laughs> We're all sexual superheroes in our own right. And we need to use this for good. So, you know, if you're in a relationship, you know, there's certain certain things that we, certain strategies of surrender that we need to think about, especially if you want to grow with this person. I mean, if you meet someone and it's just physical and, you know, you're with them for a while and you're just like, yo, this is just not the one, then you don't have to do this. Then, you know, take it for what it is. Leave, dip when you're ready. But if it's someone you want to work on, you know, you have to to surrender. You have to surrender your to-do list, which means you have to make time for sensuality and lovemaking. Hustle and bustle of life comes into couples. When you have kids, it drastically changes everything, drastically changes everything. I'm a mom. You know what I'm saying? I was once married. And once I had my son, it, you know, it was kind of all about him, you know, and I worked full time. So, yes, at times I may not have paid my husband the attention that he needed. And, you know, I, I understand that. But, you know, you have to surrender your to-do list. You have to make time for sensuality and lovemaking. You have to surrender your overactive, critical mind. You know, it kills passion and stops you from being present in your body. You know, you can't have 50 million questions. Oh, well, today he came home and he went straight to the bathroom. He didn't kiss me today. Why, why is that? Did he go to the bathroom because he was cheating? You know, we, we get caught up in overthinking simple things. What if he just simply needed to pee first? We get caught up in, in trying to catch someone doing wrong too many times. It's like, we're rather than enjoying the relationship that we have, we're looking for them to do something wrong. And I mean, how can you enjoy life if you're constantly waiting to be upset? So, you know, you have to, you have to kind of surrender that. You know, you have to surrender to pleasure as completely as possible. And that's, you know, allowing the passion and the pleasure to flow through you without inhibiting it. You don't want to stop it. You want to just allow it to flow. Embrace it, no matter what it does to your body. If it makes you ball like somebody beat your ass, then, then, then allow it to make you ball. You know, if it makes you tremble unstoppably then allow it to do that don't stop it just allow whatever pleasure is to come to come that's a way that you can improve your sexual energy so that you can so that you can enhance your sex your conscious sexuality and you have to let yourself melt into ecstasy of orgasm and become one with your partner the more that both of you enjoy each other and the closer you get to each other, the more I feel you will orgasm at the same time. The more connected you are, the more, the closer you are, the more that you surrender to each other. It's not one surrendering to the other, but both of you enjoying, enjoying the pleasure that sex brings. Think about the process, not the orgasm. Think about making love making amazing. Don't think about 
the end because you know the orgasm happens and it's kind of it's kind of all over it's kind of done at that point so think about the process because the better the process is the more you're involved in the process the more you're enjoying the feeling of your bodies joining together the better the experience is the longer it will last and the easier it will come for you to let yourself melt into the ecstasy of orgasm and becoming one with your partner now there are some ways that you can there are some ways that you can enhance your conscious sexuality as a couple so you know in in my my last few minutes here I'm just gonna give you guys a few a few tips of something that you can do with your with your with your significant other. Now, I just want to let you know, like, the, the distinction between sex and conscious lovemaking is that, you know, the latter, conscious lovemaking goes beyond the physical. You're penetrating each other's hearts and souls, not just finding short-lived pleasure and friction. That's what I was saying. You melt into the ecstasy. You think about the process, you think about the lovemaking, not the orgasm. Like, I would, you know, orgasm, yes, let's, let's let that take as long as possible. Under, you know, under regular circumstances. I understand the need for quickies and such, but lovemaking, it should be a process. It should be something that you take time to do. Because the longer it takes, the better, the better it gets, the closer you and your partner gets. So, you know, a conscious lover tunes into their beloved. They notice their beloved's movements, the flush of the skin, their breath and their heart rate, the tremors or the moans. They pay attention. They know that if I kiss them there, their body's gonna move this way. If I lick them there, they're gonna make this certain sound. And that's what they pay attention to. And that's how you become a conscious lover. You know, they tune into the energy of their beloved and they respond with passion and love. Because I mean, think about it. Doesn't it feel good to know that you're giving your loved one pleasure? Doesn't it make you want to do more? And then if you're the one receiving the pleasure, don't you want to pleasure them even more because of how good they're making you feel? It's reciprocal. It goes both ways. So the more attention you pay, the better it gets for both of you because if someone is giving me this love and this passion and they're hitting my spots, every time because they know exactly what to do, then I'm going to want to do more for them. I'm going to want to please them as much as they're pleasing me. So, you know, while you may have a healthy curiosity, a desire to experiment, learning and practicing conscious sex, it's like opening your eyes for the first time. <coughs> Excuse me. And what it is, you won't be able to close them or forget what you have seen or felt or tasted ever again once you develop this consciousness and once you know how to get your partner there. And what it is, this is the power of tantric sex, of conscious sex. It's the power of making love by embodying love. I'm going to say that one more time because I feel like it's just a very powerful phrase. It's the power of tantric sex, of conscious, conscious sex. This is the power of making love by embodying love. So I'm going to help you open your eyes with these four steps. 
Number one, you want to set the scene. Candles, music, incense, incense, romantic lighting, champagne, ice cubes, strawberries, a blindfold, mirrors, temperature control. Consider all of these elements. You know, you don't want it to be too hot. You don't want it to be too cold. You know, just, just, just all of these. Think of the ambiance. It's ambiance. Use your imagination. It can be as simple as one candle by your bed or as comprehensive as transforming your space into a sacred temple of love worship. Now, if that may sound overwhelming to you, like I said, it can be something as simple as a candle by your bed to start. Change your light bulb. Change your light bulb to a red light bulb for one night. But at least set the seed. Try something different. Try something new. Because you're doing something new. You're trying to bond and, 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 get, and come together on a different level. <clears throat> Excuse me. So number one was set the scene. Number two, you want to gaze into each other's eyes. Your eyes, they are truly the windows to the soul. And, and they're the spark of intimacy and passion. You know, like... I find that there are times where I could just be randomly walking anywhere and it's something about meeting eye to eye with someone. I see a click. So if you're staring at your if you're at your significant other, gaze into their eyes. It's going to spark something. It's going to spark an intimacy, a passion. You're going to see something in their eyes. I guarantee you. You will see something in their eyes that you may not have seen before because you've never looked long enough into their eyes. So when you face each other in kneeling positions or stand naked across the room from each other, you know, look deeply into the eyes of your beloved. Gaze into their right eye. In them, you will see yourself. You will see love, oneness, unity, divinity. What else can you see? What do you feel? Where in your body do you feel it? These are the things that you're going to think to yourself as you're looking into your lover's eyes. Now, it's going to feel awkward at first, and you may laugh a bit, but if you push through that awkwardness, it's truly the only way forward into that authentic vulnerability that you need to reach with your significant other. It's that authentic vulnerability of being truly seen as all that you are beyond your body. You're looking into each other's souls at this point. And you're seeing beyond the physical, beyond the emotional. You're seeing more so the spiritual. You're seeing their soul. Trust me, it will work. Work on it. Number three, you want to practice sensual touch. So where your body, we're on your body and on your partner's body. Do you love to touch and be touched? Explore and be explored. Kiss and be kissed. Massage and be massaged. Take turns exploring each other's bodies. And pay attention to when the person moves or shakes or trembles. Start and... You want to start with areas other than the genitals because, you know, in foreplay, that's where you start. You know, make your partner hungry, wet, hard, desirous, excited, turned on, desperate for more before you move on to those sacred places. Start at the top of the head. Go down. Play with the ears, the neck. Let the genitals be the last place that you touch and trust me you will probably find some some erogenous zones that you never knew were there you where I'm going with this now the final step would be you know worship each other's body so this is the time to slow dance your way around the body temple yes slow it down once you start exploring the erogenous zones, you know, the yoni, the hand roots, the breasts, take your time. This, this should be a dance, an enticing erotica. 
foreplay, it's part of the art of lovemaking. It's being present in the heat of the moment, in the heart of the moment. Then the experience of worshiping your beloved for all they are, it will unfold before you both. And the dance of lovemaking can play out. Think of it this way. You are on a sacred journey. Enjoy it. Be playful. And be loving together. So with that, I just want to say, go forth and have fun with your loved one. Enjoy the connection. Relish at the connection. And if you don't have that connection, it's okay. It's okay to move on. Because we all want that euphoria. We all want ecstasy. We all want that person who we will love no matter what throughout time. That person who we can talk and connect with on a level. You can't be with someone who you can't talk to. Because when you're 90 years old sitting on the veranda and your bodies may not physically be able to do anything, you want to be able to have some sort of connection. You want, you want to be able to, you want to be able to talk. And that's what it is. You want to be able to talk. So that's what I'm saying. That's what we need to do. Thank you guys for joining me. Just listen to this song and think about conscious sexuality, okay? Enjoy Natural's Nook, over and out.